we have been talking about being positioned for blessing. And I, I want to continue in that, and I want us to, we're going to pick up a little bit where we left off last week. Um, I feel a little bit warm, so let's lose that. Everybody say amen. All right. Proverbs, our, our, our key verse, Proverbs 10 and 22, is our text for, the next, uh, for these, this season that we are in. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow. And we've already talked about that, so I'm not going to belabor that, uh, except uh, to say that I want to remind you that, uh, that difficulty and sadness does not come from God. Amen. One person in here believed that. The blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. And uh, the scripture tells us that God doesn't tempt anyone. The scripture tells us that God's not uh, putting bad things on you. God doesn't put sickness on you. He paid the price so that you wouldn't have it and so that you would have victory over it. And, and so God doesn't come along and make you sick just to see if you'll be happy with him. And, and he doesn't come along and do... Listen, bad things happen to good people all the time. That's just the, that's just the manner of life. Difficulty comes. Jesus was wise enough to say to us, in this life, you will have trouble. Do not fear, I've overcome the world. So if Jesus would remind us that in this life we have trouble, life just comes with trouble. How many understand that the first time my house flooded, I didn't rejoice? But I also didn't say, oh God, what are you doing to me? I know where that kind of stuff comes from. Part of it, the enemy just wants to frustrate you, and part of it, just life. Sometimes I think the enemy says, what are you blaming me for that for? I didn't skip your maintenance. You did. You understand? So I don't want to make light of that. I certainly don't want to make light of the enemy's intention to bring frustration to your life because he does intend to bring frustration to your life. But I think that a lot of times we bring frustration to our life, and then we, blame, we, we look for some some place to lay the blame. And the, the media is really bad when, when, a, when a flood comes or a storm comes and they, the act of God. Well, I don't think so at all. I don't think God's up there going, I'll strike you with this bolt of lightning. It's not happening. So the blessing of the Lord makes rich and adds no sorrow with it. He doesn't go, I'm going to bless you, but here I'm going to give you a little bit of owies. How many of y'all are raising or have raised children? Did you ever bless your kids and then say, here, come over here and let me just hurt you a little bit? No. Okay, so that's the heart of the Father. I, want you to, I just want you to understand that it's very important. So um, we read last week Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. I'm going to read it again to you where God's speaking his blessing over Abraham and giving him his early instructions. And we're going to look further into this today uh, from a little different perspective. Uh, he said, get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. Everybody say, bless you. Bless you. And I will make your name great. And, I, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. And so one of the things we discovered last week is when God calls you into blessing, he has to call you out of your mess. 
When God calls you into the kingdom, He's calling you out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. He's calling you out of your thinking, uh, that your, your natural thinking, into uh, a spiritual mindedness. We talked a little bit about that uh, last week. And then uh, we talked uh, about the fact that God said to Abraham, I want you to come out and I want you to walk with me. But he said, to a place that I'll show you. And so that, that it's important for us to realize that not everywhere that God is taking you is he, is he revealing it to you today. And I'm telling you, I've walked through some things in life that if God had told me in advance that I was going to walk through them, I would have said, uh-uh. Seriously. I said, I don't think so. And I'd have probably got a little like Jonah when God said, Jonah, go to Nineveh. What God should have said was, Jonah, I want you to walk with me. I'm going to drop you off somewhere. Because Jonah immediately ran the other way. And I think there's a lot of times that when God speaks to us about what he'd like to do with us, I think he's very wise in that he doesn't tell us everything because we have a tendency to want to run the other way. The problem is when we run the other way, we're running away from the blessing. Let that just settle in your hearts for a minute. So what I want, what I want to uh, uh, point out to you is that blessing is driven by spiritual law. I mean, we're, we're just, I just want to give you this, and I want you to just kind of mull this over, and this may be uh, the majority of what we talk about today, but blessing is driven by spiritual law, meaning that God sets blessing and God set blessing in order for you he's already spoken blessing over you now you just got to get over there under it there's there's this sense because God we, we do understand that God is a personal God and and it amazes me sometimes when I'm in a corporate gathering like this in a room uh, full of people and, and all kinds of things are going on. And then God begins to speak prophetically to an individual and he reads their mail and he's, he's, he knows their stuff. So we have this great, beautiful understanding that though God is vast and he created the universe and he set all of this in motion, that he also says to us, I formed you in your mother's womb. I knew you then. I know you now. And so in Romans chapter 8 and verse 2, there's this great statement that says that the, the, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. And he begins this discussion or he uh, alludes to this discussion of spiritual laws in motion. And the best way to understand spiritual laws in motion is to understand natural laws in motion. How many of y'all have ever accidentally stuck your finger in a light socket when the switch was on. That's a natural law in motion. If you've ever uh, had your hands a little bit damp and you went and plugged something in and you felt a little fire, that's a, that's a natural law in motion as it relates to electricity. One of the natural laws that you experience when you get on a plane is the laws of aerodynamic for, for the time that you're in that plane supersede the laws of gravity. And so you're able to go against the laws of gravity, natural law, and, and, and 
fly through the air and then come down and land in your destination because there are natural laws in place that are affecting your ability to do that. Well, there are spiritual laws in place that are affecting your ability to be blessed. And so God isn't sitting there saying, oh, you messed up there, I'm going to take the blessing. The blessing is there. God doesn't put the blessing over you or pull the blessing back from you. He says, here's my blessing, and then you position yourself for blessing. I need to say that again. The blessing is there. God is not putting the blessing on you today and removing the blessing from you tomorrow. He has set blessing in motion for the people of God to follow Him. And as they follow Him, they, wa- they simply walk under the umbrella of His blessing. My children live under the umbrella of my blessing because they are my children. Your children, I hope they live under the umbrella of your blessing. And I hope you bless them so much that everybody around them goes, God, I wish it was his, I was his kid. I wish that was my mama. I've actually went to people and said, I know I'm a little old, but would you like to adopt? Because <laughs> they're so good at blessing their children. God is good at blessing his children. So he has set blessing in motion. He has said, I will bless you. And then he says, Here's the context in which that blessing takes place. So in this passage, when God speaks to Abraham, we see that God gives him the blessing of his promise. The fact that God promised him was a blessing. And he gives him the blessing of his protection. He says, those who mess with you are messing with me. Those who touch you, I'll touch them. Those who mess with you, I'm going to mess with them. I almost told this story last, last uh, week, but I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, when Victoria was a little girl, uh, she came home and she was really upset because some little girl that she was playing with across the street, her, her dad was a really gruff man, and, and he, I don't even remember the story now what he said or did, but he, he, he was mean to Victoria and my little girl, and Victoria was a little girl at that point, and she comes home really sad and crying. And I found myself, here's this guy who's bigger than me and stronger than me, And I find myself in his garage with my finger in his face going, don't mess with my kid. And I'm thinking, I'm on his property. He could have cleaned my clock. And there would have been nothing I could do about it. But the dad in me, the father in me, stepped up to the plate. And I said, if you can't say something upbuilding and uplifting to her, shut your mouth. Don't say anything to her if you have to say mean things to her. If you have to say belittling things to her, shut your mouth. I'm in his garage telling him to shut his mouth. I mean, looking back on it, my mind just, you know, knowing my personality, that just boggles my mind. But I got a picture of the heart of the father for his kids in that experience that that I literally live out of now. Because God said to Abraham, I'll go right to the people who mess with you and I'll mess with them. I will call them on their stuff if they mess with you. So I want you to be aware that the spiritual law 
of God's promise of blessing is over your life. The spiritual law of the promise of God's blessing is over your life. That doesn't mean that difficulty is not going to arise for you. That does not mean that bad things are, are, are not going to happen. That doesn't mean that you're not going to walk into your job and get a pink slip at some point. That doesn't mean that you're not going to get in your car in the morning and there's going to be four flats in your driveway because somebody was mean to you in the night. Those kinds of things are, are life things. Don't let those kinds of experiences rob from you the understanding that the blessing of God is over your life. Yeah. Come on. Don't let difficult experiences in life, don't let terrible political environments, don't let bad things in the news come up in your spirit and, and, and try to convince you that you are not the blessed of the Lord. The minute that God says, I'm blessing you, you are the blessed of the Lord. But we understand from this conversation that he had with Abraham that he says, I'm going to bless you. Now, this is what I need you to do in order for that to arise. In order for you to experience that. You know what's the saddest reality for the believer? Is that there is, there is the promise of God's blessing that many of us never ever tap into and we live our entire lives and go into our grave and we miss the opportunity to receive the blessing that was promised to us because we don't want to pay the price to position ourselves for his blessing. He told Abraham, in order for me to bless you the way I want to bless you, you have to leave your father's house. In order for me to bless you, he tells us as believers, in order for me to bless you the way I need to bless you, you have to quit thinking like natural man. You have to renew your mind. In order, for me, in order for me to bless you the way that I need to bless you, you have to renew your mind. You have to stop letting the enemy tell you that you are not blessed and you have to stop living in the things that, that mommy and daddy said to you when they were mad and you have to stop living in the hurts of the past and the difficulties that have arisen through the days of your life. You have to stop living there and you have to move over into the promises of God and you have to live there. And the blessing of God is a byproduct of that process. The windows of heaven have already been opened over your life. You guys are awfully quiet. I mean, that's a good promise. The windows of heaven have already been opened over your life. So what we see in this conversation with Abraham is that God says, I'm going to bless you. And then he says, I'm going to let you take that blessing that I bless you with and let you be a blessing to others. And there's something, I just want you to pay attention to this. I don't want you to turn there or anything like that. But James chapter 4 and verse 3 talks about that our prayer at times that we go before God and we ask for things. And when we ask uh, for things that, that we don't get what we ask for because we ask amiss. And, and this gives rise to this moment in our conversation that, 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 that we tend to think that we are blessed because for the sake of being blessed. And you are not blessed for the sake of being blessed. 
Now, and I'll just tell you, I, I don't really want to talk about finances in, in the context of this because I don't want to narrow your thinking, but the reality of it is the, the Scripture gives the mandate for how to be blessed financially as, a, as a, a people who follow God. And if you refuse that, then you're walking in limited financial resource, uh, financial uh, blessing in your life because you refuse to come under the umbrella of the blessing that God has spelled out for you in scripture. This is how you be blessed as you submit your finances to me. And I'm just going to tell you that if your finances aren't submitted to God, you're not fully submitted to God. So he says, uh, in, in Old Testament, he said, bring all the tithe into the storehouse. And then in the New Testament, he says, you should have tithed and, and, and you should have done all the other spiritual things that you're supposed to do. And on the first day of the week, bring. And, and so on. Those indicators are, are there that this is God's plan. I'm not going to preach on this. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time here. But I am going to challenge you to move into a place of blessing. But please don't limit that to your finances. Don't negate your finances, but don't limit it to that. I'm going to tell you something. If you are a multimillionaire, if you, if you were just ruthlessly wealthy, you might say in, in the context of that experience, well, I don't, I don't need to give and I don't need to tithe and I don't, I've got more than I need. You may have more than you need, but if you're not submitted to, you, to God, you don't have nearly what you would. You can either live at the level of natural potential. I'm prophesying to somebody now. You can live at the level of your natural potential, which is far less than your kingdom potential, if you will get your life completely submitted to God in every area including that of finances. And if you're the kind of person, if we're the kind of individuals that are living at, well, I have enough, shame on you. He told Abraham, I'm blessed you to be a blessing. I'm going to give you so much in your life. I'm going to pour so much through your life that you're just poured out. You're supposed to be a drink offering to the Lord. You're supposed to be empty, not full. Some of y'all don't like that. You're supposed to be poured out and then the Holy Spirit will pour back in. So you're supposed to just be poured out before the Lord constantly. So I want to challenge you today that you are blessed to be a blessing. And I want you in the days ahead to give yourself to the awareness of the existence of spiritual law. You give yourself to that. So that you can position yourself, that you would understand, oh man, I'm going to wear this out. I can feel it. There are some people in this room. You are living. Holy Spirit, help me right here. Intercessors, would you pray for a minute? I feel like healing needs to come to some hearts in this area. You live at the level of thinking that God is frustrated with you. 
And so his blessing can't come to you because he's frustrated with you. You guys that are being baptized today, I want you to be free from that process of thought. May that thought die with the old man. I feel the Holy Spirit right here. And I just need, I I was going to go forward, but I need to hang right here. God is still in the business of judging nations and regions. But Jesus took the judgment of individuals on the cross. God is not spanking you today. Now, the Bible says despise not his chastening. That's New Testament. But some of y'all think of that. Maybe you were abused as a child. I don't know. Some of y'all think of that in conscious, like, like you're getting a beating from God. This is a heavy moment. I feel this by the Spirit of God. I want you to be free from that. It's one thing to experience conviction of the Holy Spirit. It's another thing to experience condemnation. It's the lies of the enemy. The chastening of the Lord is simply the conviction of the Holy Spirit. What the conviction of the Holy Spirit is saying to you is... You know, there's an area over here where you've just been living a little bit of unbelief. Let's change, let's renew your mind there. I want you to think differently. That's what the word, you know, the word of God. Get my Bible. This right here, listen, I'm an adult in God. This right here chastens me all the time. When I read this, this word corrects me with all grace. And patience. God is patient. He's long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So when I read this word, the word of God continually reminds me, I'm constantly running into things where I need to think differently. Constantly running into things where, where the Holy Spirit is saying, Anthony, you've been thinking it like a natural man and I want you to renew your mind and I want you to think like a child of God. Anthony, you've been thinking like a natural man and right now I want you to come over here and I want you to think like a blessed son of the King of kings and Lord of lords. I want you to enter into the promises of God. I don't want you to be like the children of Israel. The Bible says the children of Israel, when those ten spies first went out, they came in, they looked over in the land and they go, oh, it's good. The promises of God are really good, but we can't take them. Did you know that the majority of the body of Christ live in a place where they say, oh, the promises of God are really good, but they never touch them. I don't want Church of Living Water, I don't want you to be those people who look at the promises of God, but you never taste and see that the Lord is good. Nothing more frustrating than living below your potential in God. You're a child of the King. I, it's so funny to, to hear someone who, who, particularly those who are Christians, who go, God talks to you? 
yeah. And my response is, he doesn't talk to you. What? When's the last time you opened your Bible? When's the last time you sat quietly in his presence? You know what? I'm going to tell you what, what happens, and then we'll close for the third time or whatever. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, most times when God speaks to you, when he tries to convey to you his love, your response tends to be, oh, that's just me. And when you say, oh, that's just me, you discount and discredit the promises of God in your life. The blessing of the Lord is over your life. If you'll renew your mind, you'll move under the umbrella of his blessing. You'll get into the, the kingdom territory of his promise. Get under, his dom- get under the domain of the promise of God, of the blessing of God, of the goodness of God, and live there. That means you have to come out of where you are. You must come out of that natural thinking. The natural mind cannot conceive or understand the things of God. To be carnally minded is death. You have to let your spiritual mind come alive in him and be renewed by the spirit and and the, to be spiritually minded is life and peace stand together lord these are days of deepening in our life prayer teams come these are days of a spiritual spiritual maturing for us Would you deepen us? So that we stop narrowly assessing what it means to be blessed of the blessed of the Lord. Thank you for the work you're doing in us. Thank you for showing up today. Thank you for Lord for your presence in this place. Thank you for healing eyesight. Lord, I'm so excited about the good report that we'll receive from those whose eyes were healed today. Thank you for moving in our nation. Thank you for loving us through your words, for leading us, we pray. Would you let that word that we've received today be like seed in our lives that brings forth fruit in its season. Let there be a harvest from the word of God in us today, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. 